This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So you know when we say that we're a multi-generational community, um, every once in a while we trip over the uh, multi-generational gap. (laughs) So it happened this week with that song because when I came up with the topic of breaking up is hard to do, well, how could I not think of that song? But then that song was playing on the radio all the time when I was in high school. And, and so Eric says, oh, yeah, that'd be great as long as we do this version of it. And he has some other version that's like, oh, yuck. That, I mean, that was just awful to me. And, and he liked it because that was the version he had heard first, being a little younger than I am. And... Um, and so he thought that my version was like, well, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> so, but, so we kind of went back and forth on that, and I won, and I appreciate it. <laughs> so for all of those of you who are younger than I am and this don't listen to the olders. This time you won. Anyway, so breaking up is hard to do. This is the season of love. And we're talking about the importance today of loving ourselves. And we all say that, and we all know that, right? I mean, even, even Jesus in the Gospels is saying, when they say, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love God above everything else, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And usually that as yourself part, that gets forgotten, Hopefully, we're pretty good at loving our neighbors, although not always, that we can usually think of a few neighbors that we're not so good at loving, right? But, but ourselves, it's harder. And so today, what I want to say is that what makes it hard is that our longest relationship, our longest relationship is with someone that's very unhealthy, and we need to do a breakup. So most of us, unfortunately, have somewhere along the line had a relationship that wasn't so great. You know, the person that we were with was abusive or neglectful or, you know, whatever. We have been in relationship for a lot of our lives with someone called the judge. Right? We all know who that is. If you close your eyes, you can hear the voice in your head without much difficulty. The, ju- the judge says things like, the judge is really an expert at measuring and comparing. You're too much or you're not enough. You didn't get it quite right, almost, but not, not right. What were you thinking of? Why did you do that? You're never going to make it. These are the kinds of things the judge says to us on a routine basis. My judge, I can give a talk, and, and it sort of goes back and forth. Sometimes, sometimes I have a lot of notes. I you know, I, my process for giving a talk is I spend the week reading and thinking about and marinating in, and then we come here and we'll just see what comes out. 
And sometimes I walk in and it's like, man, I hope something comes out because I don't have much here. (laughs) And and other times I have like this whole outline of things that I want to talk about and I hope I get them in. And if I don't have the outline, then I tell myself, oh, I should have had an outline. Or I hear somebody else who has an outline, like Sylvia does these amazing talks, and she's got it you know, really outlined, and she aspires to be like me, and I listen to her, and I think, oh, I should be more like her. And that's, it's crazy. That's the voice of the judge. And the judge needs to be quiet. Um, but if I have an outline, then I never manage to say everything that's on the outline, and, because that's just kind of how I roll. I see what needs to be said that comes out my mouth and I forget to look at the outline. And then the judge beats me up because, oh, you missed that point or you missed that or you didn't say enough or, you know, now this isn't every week. I'm not that neurotic, but but that does happen. And I've been doing this for a long time and it still happens. It still happens. And then if we try something new, I mean, how many people don't even try something new because you might not get it perfect the first time or ever? And so why even bother? Why even bother trying if you're not going to get it perfect? That's the voice of the judge. Imagine where we'd be if we thought that about walking. If we took our first step, landed on our fanny, which we all did, and said, oh, I guess I wasn't cut out to be a walker. And we stayed there on our butts for the rest of our lives. Wouldn't that be a pathetic life? But we didn't do that. When we were little, we instinctively knew, get up, keep going, keep going, you'll get it. We knew that then. But sometimes we forget that. And and so we don't try new things. But we are, we are growing beings. We are never going to stop. I was talking to Tarika um, a few weeks ago about this because here she is at the edge of death. And she may not, she may not go over the edge now. She may end up completely healing. That is a possibility, and we are holding that for her. And she may go over the edge. And actually, that's true of each one of us sitting here, right? I mean, it could happen before the day is done. We, never, we don't get a guarantee of our expiration date. But when I think about Tarika, I know that she's somebody that has all of these ideas for books. She and I have that in common. And, and sometimes she sends me pieces of writing, and she's working on this, and she's working on that. And, and I think, wow, she wasn't done. She had all these ideas of what she still wanted to do. And and it caused me to think about myself. And I, I thought, at any given point in time, what is the likelihood that I'm going to be finished and I won't have anything else in the hopper? And I thought, probably zero, knowing myself. You know, when... when um, my husband doesn't even talk to me about, are you ever going to retire? Because he, he knows me well enough to know, 
Probably not, if it means just sitting around. You know, yes, I might slow down, I might do a little less, but I'm always going to have something that I'm excited about because that's my nature. And so when I think about Tarka, here she is in the middle of all of that, and I think, well, but she can't stop now because she hasn't finished with that, but she's never going to get to that point. And the judge is going to want to tell us that, but you should, you should. How come you didn't get that finished? The judge is actually pretty cruel. And so we need to break up with the judge. How do we do that? The first thing is to just be aware that there is a judge in the room. There is a judge in our head. And to be compassionate toward that judge. We don't want to say, you dirty, rotten judge, I'm not listening to you. It isn't that. It's, it's more about just recognizing, where is that voice coming from? And if you get quiet and you ask yourself, when did I first start hearing that voice? Almost guaranteed you're going to go back to when you were a child. It's going to be your mother or your father or a teacher or a big brother or sister. Almost always, it's going to go back to one of those places where you could never quite get it right. Because that's what we humans seem to do. And remember, all of them have a a judge living in their head. All of them had an early experience. And when the judge is ruling your life, you cannot be in relationship with another person in a loving way. It just isn't possible. Because the judge is one of those that wants to be in control, not only of you and your life, but everybody in your circle. So if you are aware of that, and you can just be compassionately present and recognize, well, that's a judgment. Yes, I hear that. I hear that. There's another judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love you. I love you. I love me. I love you. I know it sounds schizophrenic, but it's that part of you. You You just love yourself, and you don't pound, add more onto it by beating up the part of you that's beating you up, because that doesn't accomplish anything. So we need to break up with our judge. But there's another part. It's actually the flip side of the judge, and that's the victim. So the victim is the part of us that isn't responsible for anything and has no power. It can't can't possibly do a thing. Now, I'm not talking, if something terrible happened to you when you were a child at the hands of someone else, I'm not talking about the part of you that was a child that had no power in the situation. What I'm talking about is as adults, we continue to tell that story. And some of the stories that we have are the longest playing. If they were movies that somebody paid for in the theater, we would be all multimillionaires because that has such a long run. And we have to question those stories that we tell. And that is deep work to do. I had an experience this week with a woman 
who um, she would describe herself as extremely generous. And I think it's true. She is generous. She cares about other people. She loves to give gifts. And she doesn't just give you a gift, but she gives you something that is so perfect for you. She knows you that well. And it's just a unique in all the world kind of gift that she will give. And she's married to somebody who is is extremely wealthy, like beyond your wildest dreams wealthy, and is tight, tight, tight. He never, he's never given her a present, ever. No, no, wait, there was one. She remembered one. In all the years, she'd been with him 10 years. They're in the divorce process now, not specifically because of that. There are other problems, but she's exploring this. Why is she with him? Because there's a part of her that isn't ready to sign divorce papers yet. And I'm just asking her, why? What are you waiting for? And she realized, well, I'm, I'm waiting for him to come back again because this is sort of a yearly or multiple times a year pattern where he, he breaks up, it's over, she goes through agony, then he comes back, realizes, oh my gosh, what a mistake, and, and they go on again until the next time. And she has, she has vowed to herself she's not going to do that again. So she realizes she's waiting for him to swoop in again. And I said, but you said you didn't want to do that. Yeah, I know. And it's because the victim, part of her, this is a pattern that is just like with her father. And so it's like, is she really going to give up the possibility of getting what she needed from her father? That's a hard thing to ask. The victim, part of us, wants to say, but maybe, maybe if I can just be better. And now the judge is coming in here too, right? Because you're not good enough. If I could just do more. And then as we continue to explore this, she discovers that really this whole thing with generosity has got quite a bit of control to it, which surprised her when she realized that. And she realizes she can't actually receive. It's so hard for her because she has to control everything. And she was telling me about how she has some very dear girlfriends. And the girlfriends, you know, they're they're just so close. And they came over to her house, and they're going to have a meal. And she doesn't have to do anything because... They want to nurture her because she's going through this whole breakup thing. And, and they are teasing her because it's so hard for her to just sit there and let them do it. She wants, she wants to get up and, be the, and fix it because she's always, whenever she's entertaining, she does everything. She has another friend who they were going to get together for burgers. And she said, all right, what can I bring? And the friend said, just, just get the buns. And she said, but... That's not how I roll. I'll get the buns, but then I'll get, I'll get some condiments for it, and I'll get a nice dessert, and I'll get this, and I'll get that. And I said, what would happen if you just got the buns? And she's just like, oh. <laughs> it was really, really hard for her to even think about that because 
it would mean she'd have to let go of control of how it would, I mean, how badly can you mess up burgers, right? You know, I don't know. I shouldn't ask Suzanne. She probably has some horror stories. But, um, <laughs> but she, it was hard for her to just let go and let somebody take care of her. And she realized that this husband that would not give was actually a perfect match for her. And she wasn't going to be able to have somebody loving in her life if she didn't learn how to receive. So we have to break up with the victim as well as the judge. We have to stop the stories of how we're not good enough and why we don't deserve. And we have to get clear on what it is that we do want. What would we love to have in our lives? And stop telling ourselves we don't deserve that. Think about not so much the thing that you want, like the house or the car or the dog or whatever. Think about how do you want to feel. Because over the course of your lives, what you want, the stuff, that's going to change. But what isn't probably going to change over the course of your lives is how you want to feel. And so focus on that feeling and just imagine, think of somebody else in your life that you would love to feel that way. And just get that feeling going from your heart toward that other person and then flip it toward yourself. And just imagine giving that to yourself. And practice that. Practice that every day. I want to give you a practice, and I'd like you to say it after me. And if anybody wants this, I'm happy to email it to you. You can just... um, Fill out one of those contact cards on our website, and, um, and I will get it and send this to you. So you're going to repeat after me. I commit to bringing a new relationship with myself into being. To bringing a new relationship with myself into being. I commit to learning how to love myself in this moment and this time as I am. I commit to learning how to love myself in this moment and this time as I am. I commit to being compassionate and gentle and fiercely loving with myself. I commit to being compassionate and gentle and fiercely loving with myself. I commit to getting to know the being I am right now. I commit to getting to know the being I am right now. I commit to no longer abandoning or rejecting myself. I commit to no longer abandoning or rejecting myself. I commit to staying with myself on this journey of life at my pace and in my own time. I commit to staying with myself on this journey of life at my pace and in my own time. I'm going to end with a poem from Donna Benjamin that begins with you. Love, in all its magical, mystical, and mysterious machinations, feeds us along the way, from our first crush in kindergarten to our teen romances to our potential settling down with our beloved 
And yet, along the way, we may stumble, fumble, and mumble our way through. Just because we think it is expected of us, we may become lost in the vortex of pleasing others. Our shadow becomes stronger due to placating, disappearing, surrendering, until we no longer know where we end and the other begins. Oneness is admirable, but not at the cost of losing our center. Can you relate? How many times did we shift our preferences to impress our partner? To get all giggly in their presence, yet move away from our authentic voice and bite the bitter pill of settling. Well, saddle up, folks. It's time, actually way beyond time, to get on the self-love train where we stand for our true longings breathe into our own truth, and soar like never before. Our loves might still be around when this happens, and yet they might not. Once we take on our new and improved persona, our loves might fly the coop. Too scary, too new, too intimidating. They have lost all control while we have gained our composure and can smile from the inside of this new you. Breaking up can be hard to do. Yet it is the breaking up of old patterns, of old thoughts, of old ways of being that will truly set us free, to be the me that we were meant to be, not the me for you. Wake up to a strength and power of loving the you in you, not the projection of someone else's desires. Fall in love with love that is real and true. And that begins and ends with you. Thank you, Donna. That was brilliant. I love that poem. So let's take this into some time of reflection and meditation. So I invite you to close your eyes and just give yourself a moment and all the things you've heard. Just let it settle and see what rises to the surface. What is yours to take away today? And if you focus on your heart, what is there in you that you might be able to love a little more? And as you hold yourself in that space of deep loving, 
find words and say them to yourself. I love you. I love the you that is my soul that has been present forever. whose purity and beauty is undiminished by life's circumstances and experiences and choices. I love you, my beautiful soul. And I love the imperfect way you express in this human form. I love the parts of you that that delight me. And I love the parts of you that exasperate me. I love the all of you, the all of me. I am so grateful to be alive. I am so grateful for this life I am given. I love you. And so it is.